welcome to Your Career Podcast. If you're looking for inspiration in your career or job search, you're at the right place. I'm Jane Jackson, your career management coach and author of Navigating Career Crossroads. For more career advice and support, go to janejacksoncoach.com and find all you need to create the career of your dreams. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Well, hello and welcome to episode 12 of Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a career management coach specializing in transition coaching. And typically, I work with senior executives through the emotional roller coaster of redundancy. However, I also work with clients at all stages in their career, from graduates wondering what on earth they want to do next, to career changers who just want to find a more satisfying role, to those who want to return to work after a period away, whether it's a return to work mum or someone who's had to take a break for a whole variety of reasons, and those thinking of transitioning into entrepreneurship. And for all of those things, it means that you're going to be making a change. And today, I want to help you if you're going through a really tough time and provide you with some great ideas to manage your stress levels so that you can get moving towards success. Because I know how tough it is when you're going through change. I've been through it as well, and I'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on in this podcast. But let's get moving with managing your stress levels. So what is it that makes you feel stressed? I reckon it's change. Now, change can be pretty scary. And whether we're dissatisfied with our job, facing a redundancy or maybe an organizational restructure, career challenges are inevitable. And, you know, when they hit us, they leave us confused, anxious, fearful and pretty stressed. And this emotional roller coaster starts to erode our self-confidence and can create confusion as to what we are to do next. And I've been there. I felt it. And sometimes it's quite paralyzing. So I don't know what you're feeling like right now. But if you're feeling stressed, let's take control of it. All right. Now, many of us try to control everything in our lives, including our careers Many of us try and control our relationships. Of course, we try and control our finances, physical environment, and even our own level of happiness. But with all of this control, what happens to our ability to cope when a major change affects every aspect of our life? And you know what that's like. I'm a career management coach and specializing in transition. So a lot of my clients obviously have been through a redundancy. And I found that the stress that they feel, it's not just because they have to look for a new job. The stress they feel is because of the pressure from the family or maybe it's that their, um, their confidence levels have been hit or their ego has been dented or they might have a huge mortgage to pay off and maybe the children are very expensive because they're in private schools or you've got multiple children and of course kids are very expensive. There's a lot of stuff that they are dealing with, not just the job transition. Sometimes there'll be, especially if you're part of the sandwich generation, you've got aging parents and you've got young children. So both ends of the spectrum, they're being pulled. And of course, if you're looking for a job on top of that, it's going to get pretty stressful. Now, losing a job is one change. And 
it actually is one of the most stressful events that can happen to us. And it only ranks below, you know, major life changing events such as death and divorce. But I would say that job losses are causing even more stress today with a range of additional pressures, meaning that a steady job or steady income is more important than ever before. Now, what is it that makes us feel so worried about change itself? I reckon number one is fear of the unknown. When stuff happens and it's without advance warning and we're just not prepared and without support to guide us through that process and without the knowledge of how we're actually going to be affected by potential change, we push back against it. Another thing that really makes us feel fearful is that loss of control and you know, we resist the change because we prefer to be in control of our own destinies and we like to create our own future. And if things are out of our control, it starts to make us feel insecure and mistrustful of anyone who might be involved in that change. Have you felt that before as well? And also another thing is bad timing. If timing were everything, then we'd prefer any sort of change to happen according to our schedule. And many of us don't really embrace the change because we don't feel that it's the right time which means that we're not prepared. But, you know, is there ever a perfect time for change? Now, personally, without advance warning and preparation, I found it hard to cope with any type of change at all. And also, even with advance warning, sometimes when I'm trying to navigating that process of change, it's hindered because of the emotions that I was feeling as well. So managing my emotions was really, really important. So what do we do? The risk of a crisis of confidence is something that we really need to deal with. And because when you lack lacking confidence, you start to doubt yourself somewhat. And sometimes even the anger helps to you know, make you feel even additionally stressed. So first of all, beyond the sense of injustice or anger that a job loss might spark underneath, really, it's just a blow to our confidence in our own abilities. Ah, so what do we do? Oh, I have to tell you, one of one of um, the lovely gentlemen that I've worked with before, he was made redundant after after an acquisition from one bank to another. And at the time, he'd been a group director of his field. And he said when he was made redundant, this this is this is what he quoted when I interviewed him. He said, while I expected the retrenchment and in many ways looked forward to leaving the bank, it was still a very significant change in my life and one for which I was entirely unprepared. What he said was, suddenly, I had no clear plan or identity, my networks outside banking were weak, and I had no real idea of what I wanted to do next. And here's the kicker. He says, I went at speed from being an important person to an unemployed person. I lost the things that I thought defined me, the status, the car, the income. And like many people, I was wandering in the mist a bit. Does that resonate with you? You know, when, when, when you're in a role and you've got a title and there are people reporting to you or you've got a reason to get up in the morning and you've got a routine, you, you, you belong somewhere. When that's taken away from you, it's a bit like, you know, the carpet being pulled out from under you. Suddenly it's like, well, well who am I really? And if you don't have a solid base of confidence and knowing who you are and what you represent with or without that job title as such, it's really difficult to, to maintain that high level of confidence in within yourself. 
And some of my other clients also, when I was writing my book, I interviewed quite a number of them. And this is what some of my other clients experienced as well. One person said, the hardest part of my redundancy was the loss of sense of self that I derived from my job, the ability to my inability to plan ahead, the realization that after 30 years in only two companies, it would be difficult to find a new role. Another client said, I was anxious, concerned, sick in the stomach. I couldn't sleep and I was getting headaches. The hardest thing was getting other people to see my concerns and keeping my wits about me and trying not to let my self-confidence diminish. Does that resonate at all to anyone? Another one said, I experienced negative effects of the stress of transition as I resorted to comfort eating and gained a lot of weight. This affected my confidence and I lost my focus and direction. And here's one from such a lovely client of mine that I worked with him. It was about 10 years ago and he'd been in the same organization for 35 years. So you can imagine redundancy was kind of scary. What he said was going through redundancy after 35 years in a stable government job and facing the incredible unknown for which I was ill-prepared left me at a complete loss. The fact that I was unemployed at that dangerous age of 52, I felt like an old man in the eyes of younger employees. Now, I'm just going to interrupt here a little bit. The dangerous age of 52, that's not old at all, is it? I'm 56 now and I feel, might not look it, but I feel younger than ever. And so don't be defined by a number. You're as old as you feel. And if you take steps to maintain your health and vitality and interest in things, you'll never feel old. And it's attitude, I reckon, that determines, you know, how people view you. So if you think you're old at 52 or if you think you're old at 47 or if you think you're old at 63, what you think becomes a reality. So anyway, I'll go back to what my client was telling me. He said, I felt panic. I kept asking myself, why me? I wondered what was wrong with me. I'd assumed I would work in the same organization forever. I'd never considered that I'd have to find another job. The job was me. I'd had such a sheltered career and when it wasn't there anymore, I felt as if my arm had been cut off. So any of you who are hurting from a job loss, you might actually resonate with some of these these um, comments from other clients as well, all of whom have transitioned perfectly successfully now. So I'm hoping to bring them onto the show as time goes on as well to share their stories of how they coped. Now, the lack of confidence comes when we start going for new positions. And if an employer has to choose between two people with the same qualifications and experience, what are they going to do? They're going to choose the person who projects the most confidence and conviction that they can grow and thrive in that new position. It's their attitude. And so I reckon it's really, really important to manage your stress levels, because once you manage your stress, then we can build on your confidence levels. Makes sense, doesn't it? Now, before I carry on, I just... um want to share with you my own story, which I suppose makes me feel a little bit vulnerable too, but it's okay to be vulnerable um, because I'm not, I haven't always been as confident as I am now. And in fact, I'm not always confident, although many people who meet me and my clients and my friends, they always say, oh, you seem so confident and you seem to know what you're doing. But 
I don't always know what I'm doing. I just manage my stress levels and I believe in myself. And I know that if I want to get something done, the only way I'm going to get it done is to do it, basically. Not to think about it, not to dream about it, not, not to hope for it, but just to take action and get moving. So how, how do I build up my self-confidence during periods of change? And how can you build up your self-confidence during periods of change too? Um, I've experienced a number of symptoms of stress at various stages in my life. And I suppose it, it started when I was 11 years old, when my father passed away. And I was a very, very shy child and had to cope then without his comforting and knowledgeable and highly educated presence. My mum, who was absolutely lovely, I'm half Chinese, half English, and mum was Chinese, but she didn't speak English. So we all spoke Chinese, Cantonese at home. And so with my mother, uh, she was just so wonderful and a loving mother. However, she wasn't able to assist me with making decisions. There was no more guidance because my father was the one who was in control. So that was, was quite an anxious time. And I can tell, oh, that's just a, a long story, which I'll go into another time. But other things that caused me stress was being anxious about moving to a new country or a new home. I've moved country five times. I moved from Hong Kong, which is my home, to San Francisco, which was beautiful, but quite an adjustment going from um, an Asian country to an American country. And then from San Francisco, I moved to London and was there for about four years. And, and again, I thought I was so English because I went to English schools when I was growing up and I got this English accent. But no, things are very different in, in London. The English are not the same as the Hong Kong English or the Hong Kong half English, half Chinese, such as myself. And then from London, I moved to Singapore, and this time with a young child who was only 11 months old, and that was another change. And then from Singapore, after many years staying there, I moved to Sydney. And when I moved to Sydney, many, many years after I first moved to Singapore, that was when I was going through a divorce with teenage children. And then after two years in Sydney, I thought, no, I want to go back to Singapore. So I uprooted back there, then came back to Sing Sing uh, Sydney again. So you can imagine I've just been I've made so many changes, country moves, which required a great deal of transition and going through divorce, handling teenage children while going through divorce, settling into a new environment, managing the teenagers angst as well. Um, plus, at that time, my mother was still still alive. And at the age of 75, I had to uproot her to move to Australia. I said, Mum, I'm going to be looking after you no matter what. And she thought, well, that's great. But I'm now in a country where I have no idea what anybody's saying, because she was quite, quite um, stubborn with regard to learning English. She thought if everyone else around her could learn Cantonese, it would be fine. But then one day she realised that it would have been nice if she'd actually learnt English. But um, anyway, that, that's just a little bit of a funny story with mum. She passed away uh, about ooh, 10 years ago now. And that was another stressor because we were so close. But multiple stressors definitely con contributed to my anxiety and it lowered my self-confidence. So I had to take action and get my life back on track, as you can imagine. So what did I do? I took steps to gain control and keep my cool. So number one was talking. I had to share my experience with someone. And so for you as well to manage, what I would suggest is to find someone you trust and respect and talk to them about your concerns. Letting it out frequently really relieves the stress 
And you know that old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved, always feels better after you've spoken about it. And it helps to know that you're not alone. Um, my, my wonderful colleague, Brian, um, who I, I talked about earlier on in, in this podcast, he um, shared his experience um, of workplace bullying with his colleagues. And he says, when I discovered that my manager was doing the same thing to all of the other male state managers, I knew it wasn't just me. This was a very big step forward. And when I decided to push back, take back my control and work hard at finding a new challenge, that was when I was able to take control of my life again. And I asked Brian if there was anything he would have done differently. And he admits that he now recognizes the importance of getting support from others. He says, in hindsight, I should have sought the counsel of someone far wiser than I was. I think we're often too reluctant, males in particular, to admit that we're not coping well. I should have found a wise owl to coach me through it. The outcome might have been the same, but the angst far less. And likewise, I've got some other clients from my other private coaching clients and Oh, they confirm that talking to others is invaluable. For example, one, one of my female clients, she said, I talk the issues through with my husband. He's always great with work issues. His mantra is, it is what it is. What are you going to do about it? I talk to my parents. Wise and experienced minds always have a different view. And I got advice from my coach, who was great at providing a clear and effective direction. Um, I was the coach, by the way. OK, a little bit of self-promo there. Now, venting about issues over red wine or a coffee is my best medicine, told uh, another client of mine. Uh, she said, I also found talking candidly with management and HR about how to make decisions when facing tough times was helpful. Another client, he actually sought professional help. He said, I saw a GP to help me handle my stress. When I found I had trouble sleeping and I wasn't getting any better, I also saw a therapist who gave me space to focus on organizing my thoughts. The therapist showed me that I had to acknowledge what I was feeling. Having that out outlet was a big step. Initially, I felt, how eastern suburbs am I to be seeing a therapist? If you're from Sydney, you'll understand that. Uh, but it wasn't fair to rely too much on family and friends. When the stress became all-consuming, I needed professional help. So there you go. That's that's some other people's comments as well. But remember, when reaching out to family and friends, talk to them about their concerns or problems too. This helps to put your experiences into perspective. And you know what? One of the things that really helped me when I was going through my divorce and moved from Singapore to Sydney was to continue my work as a career coach. Because what I found was that working with those who'd gone through redundancy and they were feeling anxious about their futures helped to give me a positive focus. So I was helping them, but in a way it was a little bit selfish of me because it was helping me too. So helping them helped me to get through my personal challenges. The knowledge that really, I wasn't the only one going through some tough stuff, was a huge reality check for me. You know, sometimes you think that you're the only one who's feeling that. Oh my goodness, no, there's a lot of people far worse off than you are. You've got to realize and count your blessings because every day there's something good that we can be grateful for. As I'm talking now, I'm looking out my window and it is a beautiful, beautiful day. But I'm indoors, but the sky's blue, the sun's out. It's a bit windy, a bit chilly. I think it's six degrees in Sydney today. It's a July day um, in Sydney, but it's beautiful out there. And you know what? I'm really grateful that I can see. 
I can see the blue sky. I can smile that the sun is out because I know it's there. I can feel the warmth of the sun. I can see the blue of the sky. Little things like that we really take take for granted. So another thing is positive self-talk. Start by stopping your irrational thinking and vague general assumptions like, I'll never get over this, no one cares about me, I'll never get another job, I'm over the hill. Stop that right away. Self-pity just makes you stuck, and it doesn't help anybody, and what you believe, you become. So stop that right away, okay? Choose positive self-talk. Listen to the voice in your head. What is it telling you when you're feeling stressed? Is that voice judging you? Is it criticizing you? Has the voice crawled out of your head and turned into a self-limiting belief and it's now sitting on your shoulder, whispering negativity into your ear? Positive self-talk needs to drown out those negative voices in your head. Knock the nasty self-limiting belief off your shoulder. I always think that self-limiting belief is like a little green monster sitting on my shoulder and I just enjoy flicking it off. So you can use new positive thoughts as positive affirmations. Things like, I will get over this. I've got the capability to do this. Someone does care about me. I will get another job. I'm going to make it happen. I'm vibrant. I'm valuable. I'm professional. I deserve to be loved. And you know what my favorite is? This too shall pass. No matter how bad something is, it is going to get better. No matter how good something is, it will probably not stay that way either. So remember, change is the only constant and positive affirmations. They're a great way to start your day. So why not give them a go for seven days in a row and see how you feel? There's no point giving yourself a positive affirmation once saying, um, I will get over this. You say it once and hope that it's going to work. No, it's 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 repetition. It's a bit like exercising a muscle. All right, You need to keep exercising it for it to grow and then it becomes a habit. I want to share with you some morning affirmations that would be wonderful for you to tell yourself every morning when you wake up to get yourself on a really good track. And if you like them, you can download them from my website at janejacksoncoach.com because it's just a free download. You don't have to give me an email address to get it. You can just get it. Just just download it if you want it. Now, I'm just going to tell you what they are right now. So morning affirmations. You wake up in the morning, you take a deep breath. And then you say to yourself, I feel healthy and strong today. You can say that many times over. I feel healthy and strong today. And when you're saying it, believe it, feel it. There's no point just giving lip service to affirmations. You know, oh, Jane said I should I should do morning affirmations, so I'm going to go through the motions. Going through the motions never ha- helped anyone. If you take a deep breath, feel the energy going into your body and say, I feel healthy and strong today and really feel it, it's going to make such a difference. The other one is I have all I need to make today a great day. It's so true. You've got it in your head. I have all I need to make today a great day. Now, this is something that I really believe strongly. I have it within me to solve any challenges that occur today. Any challenges that happen, I'm going to deal with it. I can do it. Maybe I need help, but I have it within me to to ask for help in order to be able to solve the challenges as well. I am able to make smart decisions for myself today. Take control, make some decisions, make the right decisions, do the research, make a informed decision before you take action. I am happy and content with my life. 
Now, you might think, well, no, I'm not content with my life because I'm looking for a job. But things are what they are right now. Maybe you're in transition or maybe you're going through a tough time, but it is what it is. And once you accept that, then you can do something about it. Because, okay, you might say, all right, I'm in a situation where it's not ideal, but I know that I am able to take action. So be content with your current situation, even if it's a negative one, because you're going to be able to do something about it. I am patient and calm and looking forward to today. Ah, Take a little deep breath. There are good things that are going to happen. Every morning you open your eyes, it is a full day of possibilities ahead. And another one, which is my final one that I love very much, I am grateful for another day to make a positive contribution. So I'm so grateful I've woken up. I have another day of life in me and I'm going to make that that day a good day where I can actually make a difference to someone or something. So morning affirmations, if you can practice that regularly, it's going to help so much. Remember, turn it into a habit. Keep going. Um, Always repeat them over and over and over and feel them inside of you. And you know what? It doesn't cost you any money. You don't have to do it. But why not? If you're feeling really stressed or you're lacking in confidence, what have you got to lose? Practice the morning affirmations every day for seven days. Feel them, live them, breathe them. And then if it's made a difference to your life, why not send me an email? Let me know. I'd really, really like to know how this is working for you. What are you doing to take control? Or if you've got a better method, I'd love to hear it as well. Let's share the love and then I can talk about it on this podcast too. Another thing that's really helpful for me is to sweat it out. According to the Australian Psychological Society, regular exercise, and I know most of us know this already, helps to reduce anxiety by providing an outlet to let off stress that is built up in the body. The stress, you might think it's mental, but it becomes physical as well. Our muscles just tighten up. So exercise also strengthens the body and enables you better to withstand stress. I I find even this morning I got up and I have an awful lot to do today, but I thought, oh, I really want to do this podcast. So I'm banging out this podcast because I feel so excited to share this with you. But I went to the the gym today and I sweated out because I was feeling a little bit of stress myself. um, And I just felt so good afterwards. It releases the endorphins and you realize, you know what, if something's out of control in your life, at least you can control your fitness level. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's it's not everything that you can't control. And whether you can afford to go to a gym or you can't afford to go to a gym, you don't have machines or whatever, you can go for a brisk walk. If it's pouring in the rain, you know, when I was in London, it was freezing cold and I decided, got to be in my bonnet, it was time to train for a marathon. And I, I, I have run two marathons. But oh, gosh, it took a lot of training. You know, you don't want to go out in the rain. It's cold. It's windy. It's miserable. But I'd still do it. And I'd put on multiple layers and I'd have my hoodie on and then off I'd go. And the first 20 minutes, I might have been quite miserable. But after a while, you get in the zone. And, you know, those of you who are runners, you know, you're in that zone and suddenly an hour could go by. You don't even notice. It doesn't happen at the beginning when you're really unfit. It took me so long to get fit. But as soon as you are fit, you start running, you start breathing oh my goodness, the adrenaline's going, the endorphins are released and you get into this beautiful zone and it's so, so relaxing. It's almost like a meditation. So give it a go, all right? So one of my clients 
He was a financial controller of a global IT firm. When he was going through his transition and um, because of a redundancy and I was coaching him, he, he told me, exercise worked best for me. Even a 5K run changed my mood into a positive one. Also, by having something to look forward to, like an organized 12K bay to bay run or a weekend motorcycle trip helped a lot. He, he loved his motorbikes as well. Each to his own. So, please go out there and do any form of exercise that you like. So what do I do? I like jogging, walking or dancing. All right. If the weather's bad, I have to I know this sounds really boring, but I go up and down our stairwell in our apartment block for 20 minutes. Um, it's just sometimes I don't want to go out and out in the rain and the wind, but, you know, inside it's a bit boring. So what I do is I download podcasts and I listen to that when I'm going up and down. And usually I'm listening to motivational podcasts too. And then Find something that you really enjoy. If it's swimming that you love, great. If it's pole dancing, if it's yoga, you know, find a group that you enjoy. And if you if you don't know where to go, go on meetup.com and see if you can find a, a, a group of people doing some physical activity that you find really fun. Get an exercise buddy to do it with you. So much easier if you've got someone to, to help you stay motivated as well. But then write down, keep track of your progress as well. And after a while, it gets easier and it becomes a habit. And the habits are good. Now, another thing that I do to um, manage my stress levels as well is to take action. Okay, taking action gets you moving forward. You just have to do it. Nike and their slogan, just do it. They were so right. I think they hit the nail on the head because so many of us, you know, we, we, we hesitate for a long time. But as soon as we think, look, just do it. It's never as bad as we think it is. So how can you get yourself moving forward? Number one, stop striving for perfection. If you've got unrealistic expectations for yourself, you'll put yourself under so much pressure, which leads to more stress and makes it unlikely that you'll act. So focus on the enjoyment of what you're doing in any given moment rather than achieving the perfect result every time. I'm thinking resumes. You know, of course, get a strong resume, get someone to help you with your resume. But you know what? When it's strong enough, it's ready to roll. So often I tell my clients, OK, let's test the market with this. If it's not generating results, we're going to do something different and we'll adapt. But this, I believe, is a strong resume. Get it out there. And I know when there's that element of fear as well. What if nobody responds? Well, I can guarantee you when you make applications, especially if it's just going to be online through the online job portals, there will be many times when no one responds. Okay, it's just a fact. Accept it. It's fine. You keep applying. Sometimes it's a numbers game as well. Next thing you can do is you analyze situations and people that cause you stress. How can you avoid those situations? Minimize contact with the people who are confrontational and a bit negative. Okay, um, If you can't avoid specific stressful situations or people, think about how can I minimize the impact? <sighs> and if you're going to be in a potentially stressful situation, Think of things that will help you to keep calm. Ask yourself, will you take a deep breath before responding? Will you take a minute to observe the situation and assess before acting? Will you ask for more time before you need to respond? Will you simply smile and ask for more information? So just think about how are you going to deal with the stressful people or the stressful reactions? Now, act happy. I know you think, Jane, how ridiculous. How can I just act happy when I'm not feeling happy? You can fool your body systems into reducing stress reactions. 
Okay, you can if you act happy, particularly by using your body language. Even when you don't feel cheerful, smile, stand upright, lift your head. I will guarantee you if you smile, you stand upright, pull yourself up to your full body height. Okay, lift your head up and smile. You will feel better. Might feel like a bit of a nana, but you know, you will definitely feel better. And it's okay to laugh at yourself as well. Um, now, there was a wonderful quote. It's, it's um, sometimes your joy is the source of your smile, but sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy. Now, I, th- this is um, a saying from a Zen Buddhist monk whose name I'm not sure I'm pronouncing correctly. I think it's Thich Nhat Hanh. And this Zen Buddhist monk was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1967 by Martin Luther King. So that sometimes your joy is a source of your smile, but sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy is a beautiful, beautiful saying. And also, next thing to do, choose to soothe yourself. Use relaxation techniques to relax your mind and body. Massage, meditation and yoga, they're all wonderful techniques to help you physically relax. Meditation, it's free. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Doesn't matter how noisy or how quiet it is, you can still meditate. So that's one of the wonderful, wonderful things about meditation, that it's at your fingertips, it's within your resources. And if you meditate every morning, I guarantee you, you will have a clearer clearer head, a more positive mindset. And there are lots of different ways to meditate. Um, I I use transcendental meditation and I'm not going to go through it in this podcast, but if you want to uh, listen to episode six of my podcast, there is a guided visualization and meditation in there. It's just 10 minutes. You've got to listen to my voice again, but I talk you through a beautiful visualization that will relax you. We go on a journey into a forest. It's fabulous. And then I talk you into a transcendental meditation. I've been practicing that since I was 16 years old and I admitted it what, at the beginning of this this podcast that I'm 56. So what is that? 16, 26, 36, 46, 40 years I have been practicing transcendental meditation. And it's wonderful. Whenever I get stuck, if I'm creating a new workshop or something, I just, you know, brain freeze, you don't know what you're doing, or, or just, just you come to a writer's block, um, I'll meditate. And you know what, when you come out of a meditation, it's amazing. Colors seem brighter. Everything feels better. Your heart rate's lowered, blood pressure's down. Oh, it's wonderful. Anyway, if you want to listen to the visualization, guided visualization and meditation, it's in episode six of Jane Jackson Careers, my podcast. You can also download it for free on my website, um, which is janejacksoncoach.com. So there are a few methods for you to relax manage your stress levels and rebuild your confidence when you're going through transition. I hope that it's really helped. Um, Let me know if it has helped you. Please just email me at jane at janejacksoncoach.com. And if there's anything else that you'd like me to cover in this podcast, just email me. um, have Have a look. Just surf around on my website at janejacksoncoach.com and see what you think. Or connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Love to hear your comments. I have a 
Navigating Career Crossroads Forum, which is a group I set up on LinkedIn, which you're very, very welcome to join and also pose your questions, start a discussion. There are other job seekers in there. And I've also got career coaches and recruiters and HR professionals who are members who can also provide advice. So it's not always coming from me. It can be from other professionals too. So help me to build that community because it'll benefit you. And thank you so much for listening. Take a deep breath and relax. Go and download my morning affirmations and start practicing some positive self-talk. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. For joining me today for affordable career help, please check out my career success program. I provide a unique blend of online and live career coaching to help you take control of every aspect of your career or career change. If you aren't aware where you want to be in your career, let's talk. Check it out at thecareersacademy.online. The links are in my show notes.